time to bury the lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaratti. And I am your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Loire. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about Canada Day, Canada Day, Canada Day, Canada all the time. <laughs> I don't even know what else we're talking about. It's mostly just no, Canada, Canada Day. Day. That's just it. your week Jen week was good it was uh well it was also sad which we're going to talk about oh yeah yes the it was announced that Academy Lanes on Academy Road is closing which is we both grew up in River Heights so it's very devastating it is that's devastating news um so I was sad about that but then I was also happy <laughs> I feel like this is like a very book report. <laughs> this made me feel like this. Um, no, it was. Uh, I did another installment of a series that I'm doing called Gen Tries. Oh, where right. I try something new and report back. And last Friday, um, I hung out with Dave Brown, who's a firearms safety specialist, who's worked on film sets, like pretty much every film that's shot in Winnipeg mm-hmm. or Manitoba. He has been the firearm safety, even if they don't specialist. have guns. No, they have to have guns. Touche. Okay, every film that's shot in Winnipeg that has had a gun in it, he's been there. He's the gun guy. It's better. And uh, yeah, so he pitched me on this idea to learn how to shoot a gun like Keanu Reeves because he worked with Keanu on Siberia. Ooh. Yeah. So did that and learned a lot, including things such as I make stupid faces when I shoot a gun. <laughs> like squeezing my eyes shut and pursing my lips like well, I'm about to be punched in the face. Probably not great when you're firing a weapon. No, it's not. You want to keep your eye open it's, on it's, that one. It's true. And uh, <laughs> guns are heavy. Yes. They are extraordinarily heavy. Like it was kind of unbelievable, actually. Like my shoulders were sore for a couple I was going to say, did you have any like aches and pains? Yeah. And I think yeah. because you're whole body's tensing up too. <laughs> well, yeah if you're not used to firing a weapon help. for sure yeah. and uh yeah so i was too hands were too weak to pull the trigger on the revolver <laughs> so that was embarrassing um and then there's a shotgun there was a glock and then um a uzi which was not you can't load ammunition which dave stressed many times and we weren't allowed to photograph it what with it being a very highly illegal weapon and all <laughs> but it was it was just like a prop like Right. Real gun, but only shoots blanks. But that was also crazy as well. That's really cool. Yeah. So if people have ideas for Gen Tries, please email me at jen.zarati at freepress.mb.ca because I'm always looking for things to try. I've only fired a gun once in my life. And it was at West Point Military Academy in the United States, which is like the premier military academy of the entire country, basically. Were you there for an assignment or what was happening? Uh, it was when I was in journalism school and we took a field trip up there with the whole class. It's maybe like, if I remember correctly, two hours out of New York City, I think. Um, and we were all paired up with students at the academy to do three different stations so when all these students were training to be military pr personnel so one station was a fake press conference and they had to deliver information and then we had to grill them about it and, th- and they all did like really poorly <laughs> <laughs> at communicating the correct information uh and then one of the stations was uh like a digital shooting range where they put the digital magazine clips in the gun and i think it was like an m16 we were laying on the ground like you would be in the trenches, quote yep. unquote. <laughs> and uh, and then you're firing at first at a grid 
fire three shots to see uh, your accuracy. And then they tell you whether it was your breathing or your sight that was off. And then we did sort of a scenario where all the bad guys would come over a hill and you just had to pick off as many as you could. It was like <laughs> James Bond, basically. Uh, and it was super fun. And I was, spoiler, very good shot. So <laughs> <laughs> I what like I did. So I fired mostly blanks until the end. And then we did a couple rounds of live round shooting. So that would terrify me. It it's yeah, it's a lot different than shooting a blank. I mean, blanks feel pretty realistic, but there's no kickback into your hand. So when you're shooting a live round, obviously there's kickback to it. So it's a yeah. little bit of a different thing. Weird. Um, but my shots improved under Dave Brown's mm-hmm. guidance because he's also extremely calm. And I think that's why he's such an asset to film sets is because he's very calming. Right. Doesn't make you panic or stress out. <laughs> Which you do not want to do when you have a gun in your hand. And target, like I got by the my third round, I was getting, I got one in the red. So it's always, it's really satisfying too, actually, to like see your aim getting better. And yeah. Yeah. Do you know who's really good Ruth Bonneville, free press photographer. Ruth oh, really? Bonneville is a good shot. She's just as good <laughs> with a gun with, as uh, she is with a camera. So, well, props right, to you, Ruth. That. You're going bowling a hundred times this week. I am. Like. Okay. So we talked about at the top mm-hmm. um, that Academy Lanes is closing. I spent a lot of time there as a child. My, so did I. My dad would take me there all the time. I'd get my fingers pinched between the balls and he would yell at me and it was great. Getting <laughs> your fingers pinched between the balls at Academy Lanes is like a rite of passage. Right. And then I got, and then there was like a lull for a long time where we kind of just did when we were kind of mid teenagers. Then all of a sudden it became cool again and I'm going to birthday parties there like every other month for these like mid 20 somethings, right? And they had just redone the whole upstairs. Everything was so fun. And then I got the news on the weekend that they're closing and... Oh, a little piece of me died inside. So yeah. immediately texted my group of friends, um, the one group that we, for some reason, go bowling a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. We just do. Because you're just wholesome pals. Apparently. So I texted them like, we got to go. So we're going tonight. And then my family wanted to go. So I'm going again uh, next week as well <laughs> to get a last couple rounds in before they close in July. Yeah. I think I'm going on Sunday because my it's my brother's birthday and he has always loved it there. I, yeah. He went to, really he went to go watch a bowling tournament there last Aww. weekend. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard when something that was so part of your life, not even just as a kid. So it's not even just the nostalgia. No, thing. it's like, not part of your life anyway, you know, and you were saying you brought up a really good point that there's not a lot of like activities to do anymore. No, on Academy Road, I mean, almost everything is closed by nine o'clock. There's no pub anymore. If you do want to go to get a drink, it has to be at one of the restaurants, which, you know, isn't always ideal if you if you don't want to eat or whatever. And the bowling alley was one of the sort of last relatively inexpensive fun things that you could do late at night. And something that wasn't totally pegged to drinking. Right. Exactly. Like you could if you wanted to, obviously, but uh, it will be missed for sure. So for the main segment today, we're going to be talking about uh, Canada Day, and it's it's uh, that little thing that everyone's not been talking about at all. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of been a. I mean, obviously with the Canada 150 marketing bonanza that oh has happened gosh. in the last few months, like yes, I'm honestly kind of relieved that Canada Day is coming, like because then we won't have to see any more ads or commercials or 
things promoting Canada 150 events. Hashtag content. Speaking of. (laughs) (laughs) Before I go too far into (laughs) pooping on all this stuff. (laughs) We uh, participated in some Canada 150 adjacent content. Yes. Um, Which is an important distinction. Yes. So we have a giant feature in today's paper. It's It might be actually one of the biggest features maybe one of the biggest like standalone ones yeah Yeah. that we've run in a while yeah i can't remember what the final we measure newspaper copy in inches i think if i'm correct uh it was close to 800 inches yeah so that is i'm going to do a quick calculation because there's about 40 inches no 40 words in an inch 40 words in an inch and a normal story is usually around 17 inches yeah so that's that's 32,000 words. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah it's a lot. Yeah. However. I needed a calculator to do that, <laughs> by the way. But it's really interesting. <laughs> and you also take the time to read it because it was a lot of work. Yeah. So we are like, it's like a big list of all the important influential songs. And, and, the, and there happened to be one, 150 of them. Yes. <laughs> so it was one of those things where anytime you're making sort of a music-based list, it's hard, right? Because... You want to account for decades and make sure that there's good representation from genres and, and also gender and also geography and right. also ethnic, like, eth- yeah, like race, cultural Every, background, yeah, race. Like, yeah. yeah. So you want to make sure that you're representative of the country. And, but 150 actually doesn't go very far. It and doesn't. I, and and you, like in our initial planning meetings, I remember there was a few people being like, well, it's all going to be like, Blue Rodeo and Neil Young hip songs and Neil Young songs. Yeah, yeah. So we set some pretty defined parameters on it, i.e. Yes. one song per artist or band. Right. I feel like that is going to be a very contentious decision um, just because the list is like the most 100 or the 150 most important songs in Canadian yeah. music and because we limited ourselves so tightly that i feel like people are going to be a little little i know i kind of have the dry heaves about it but yeah (laughs) um and also to what we really talked about a lot i think and there's a lot of people that contributed to this project yeah there were nine of us there's nine of us in total um we didn't want it to be a snobby list right so important is a very loose term and we didn't want to do best of and we didn't want to do iconic or greatest or greatest or any of those kinds of words. Because a lot of these songs are important, not necessarily because they're the best songs that were ever written, but because of their cultural impact and sort of the, mm-hmm. the for better or for, for worse, for better or for cases. worse, like Nickelback, for example, had to yeah, be on the list, had to be on there. Everyone claims they hate that song, but it, someone likes it because it was super popular for arenas full of people like it. Right. Because. I mean, they still are a touring juggernaut. So, you know, so it's like those kind of choices that I think (laughs) will maybe get some raised (laughs) eyebrows from people. But there was a lot of debate, a lot of thought, a lot, a lot went into this. So I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that people enjoy it, even if it fans the flames a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also really excited because we asked um, Rusty Mattias, JP Ho and Carrie Latimer to do a cover song of the number one song, which I can say because it will be out by the time you hear this pod. It's um, Head by a Century by the Tragically Hip. So they got together and did this really beautiful 
ukulele guitar theremin <laughs> cover version. It's kind of like spooky, but it's really, really great. So that will be on the Free Press um, Facebook page. Yeah, so lots to uh, lots to look at there. And it's kind of fitting that this is kind of a polarizing feature because I think yeah. this particular Canada Day oh, for sure. has been polarizing too. Um, obviously, there's people who feel um, uncomfortable, angry, upset, a variety of emotions about this birthday because of course it's not really Canada's 150th birthday no it's 150th anniversary of confederation right I think it's a more appropriate way to say it I agree um so I've been reading and watching and listening to a lot of indigenous voices on the subject Mm -hmm. um and about how they're feeling about Canada 150 and just it's sort of because it kind of has been an onslaught it really I has. feel like it it's really, been a really lot. has. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. Um, so yeah, so it's for me, um, I mean, I've always obviously been aware that we live in a colonized country, mm-hmm. but I felt it really acutely this year. And mm-hmm. in obviously in a way that makes all of us uncomfortable being a settler. I mean, as it should. But it should, right? It's yeah. not and it's not in a bad way. It no. really um you know, because I like to think of myself as being a really socially aware person, but I think it really opened my eyes to the fact that, yeah, we live in a colonized country. And what mm-hmm. does that mean? And what does that look like? What does that look like going forward? And what does this history mean? Right. And how can I learn more about it? And how can I be more informed? And what does reconciliation look like? And all those things. Right. And like, what can I, what can I personally do to make things better? Exactly. So I think that this Canada Day, it, yeah, it should feel fraught and it should feel uncomfortable. And I don't think mm-hmm. we do get to, you know, just enjoy our fireworks and our free music without thinking about the history because not everyone in this country has the luxury to just enjoy Canada Day. For many people, Canada Day is a is is hard right is a very harsh reminder right but i also feel at the same time that there should be a way to do both like there should be a way to recognize all of the horrendous things that have happened in our history and the things that continue to happen which i think is an even more important part is that these things are still problems in a grand way um but there should be a way to to recognize all of that and also be able to appreciate and celebrate some of the really amazing things that people from this country, citizens of this country have contributed to the world. Well, and I think there is a tremendous amount to celebrate about living in Canada. And I think Canadians do, and I think Canadians do it quietly. Mm -hmm. I don't think the sort of rah-rah patriotism is part of our identity. And I don't think it ever has been. So I no. think that's also partially why this Canada 150 campaign has felt uncomfortable for a lot of people because that's, it, that's seems, a good point. it seems very American to me. It does. Because um, it's just sort of not, we're more quiet about it. And so I think there, but obviously there, I mean, look at the list we came up with of all this great music and started thinking about and all the music. And that's just music. <laughs> and all the music we couldn't include. Philosopher Kings, I weep for you. <laughs> <laughs> I really campaigned hard for the headstones and it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, this is a great country to live in, but I think it's also good to acknowledge that it's also not great for everybody. Right. And until it's great for everybody, there's a lot of work to do to mm-hmm. get to that point. For sure. Um. So, yeah. And uh, the funny thing is when I lived in, in the States, I was actually way more patriotic when I lived there than when I live here. I, I don't know if I've just felt like I had to fill that role of like token Canadian, but I don't really usually attend Canada Day celebrations here. I always just go 
to the beach because it's actually my cousin's birthday that day. So we just do birthday stuff and not really Canada Day stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I was in uh, New York, I went to um, that year they had in Central Park sort of a similar event to, the ho- to what they host in Trafalgar Square in London. And like Joel Plaskett was playing and George Strombo was hosting it. And there was like street hockey and... I was like volunteering with the Canadian Association of New York. And I'm like, what is going on right now? But uh, it's very weird how when when you're not in it, you suddenly become more patriotic. Like you feel the need to be more patriotic. Oh, totally. Or at like any time that there's an Olympics. Yes. Then suddenly I'm like, oh my God, Canada. Like, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Where's all my red and white clothing? Like, yeah. But yeah, it, and I think that's a good point about sometimes you have to be away from it. It's you true. Know, and really maybe a little homesick for it to yeah. appreciate what it is and what we have going on here. But I think you're right. I think both can exist. And I think both can exist on the same day. And I think if you're a person who cares about these kinds of things and, you know, has any shred of empathy in your body or, you know, if you're an intelligent, thinking, aware person, of course you're going to feel weird about it mm-hmm. because it's, 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 a, it's, a complex, it's a complex celebration as always our final segment is what we're reading watching and or listening to are you doing any of those things jen i am so update on my trying to read a book (laughs) (laughs) challenge it's going poorly so i've modified it now and i'm hoping last year i read 22 books and i'm kind of on the same pace okay that's still a lot I read two books a month like that seems to be what I do so I'm if I can read a few more than what I read last year we're good but right now I'm reading uh uh, Rebecca Solnit who is an essayist who is the one who actually coined mansplaining oh really and uh she wrote a great essay about that and she it was she's at a party and she was talking about a book and a man was like, oh, yeah, you should like you should read this book. It's the most important book on this subject, blah, blah, blah. And she was like trying to tell him that she wrote the book he was talking about. <laughs> and and he wasn't listening to her. She was like, but I wrote the book, though. Like, I don't know how to tell you this. And so she um, has, uh, has written a variety of essays, not just that one, like mm-hmm. tons and tons and tons of work. But she has another uh, collection, Further Feminist Essays, called The Mother of All Questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just started it. And it it's pretty good so far. So the first essay is kind of touching on like mothers and why we choose and choose not to be them, which mm-hmm. continues to be kind of a a weirdly hotly debated topic, even right. though you do you live your life. But yet people have things Opinions to say. On everything. Yep. So that's what I'm reading. I feel like you read a lot of collections of essays. I do. It's a it's a format I gravitate to. I think maybe because I'm a columnist. So I think it's just like that makes kind sense. of I like pockets instead of reading an entire book on one subject you can kind of read about many subjects in in one book but I do love fiction and typically in the summer I tend to get more into into that so novels novels <laughs> how novel hmm? what are you what, what are you uh what are you up to um well I to? am deep in the trenches of festival season now so yes. we're in folk fest preparation mode because that starts next week um, so I, today I was listening to the new Shins record a lot because I spoke to James Mercer on the phone. 
who I have also spoken to on the phone. He is an absolute effing delight. Let Isn't me tell he? you. I know. He was to me too. I don't know. I You told me that and I was still super nervous to talk to him. I don't know why. And he was just like immediately so pleasant and was like, I didn't catch your name. What's your name? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, no, he's very sweet. It's always nice when people whose music you enjoy end up being delightful. Yeah. I think I've said that on the show before when it it's like, yeah, when you meet someone you admire and they turn out to not be a jerk, it's always like, yay. It is. And like the thing I appreciate the most is that I know that he has probably answered half those questions a hundred times in the span of his record promotion cycle. Sure. But he answered them in a way that made it seem or made it feel as though he was thinking about it for just the first time and that you were the first person ever to think of such a brilliant question and I always appreciate that because it doesn't sound like a canned answer that you could pull from another story or like you know what I mean like it doesn't sound like a repeat quote and some people will just give you the same answers they gave everybody else word for word I hate that which is really frustrating because you know you're just trying to do your job and it makes it really difficult so I really appreciate his uh his friendliness and uh it's just really nice. So I haven't heard the new Shins album yet. I was obsessed with that one that came out a few years ago. Like in the mid 2000s were a heavy Shins time right. for me. But I haven't heard the new album. I really like it. It's a little bit less guitar, like guitar heavy, m- more synthy and poppy. But the lyrical content is it can, it's kind of dark, even though it sounds like the, the, the melodics of it and the sonic nature of it is a little bit brighter. That's my um, favorite juxtaposition of yeah music usually yeah it's really interesting i think that i think that you would like it but i'm really looking forward to their show they're playing on thursday night main stage at folk fest and he promised that it would be better than the last time he was here just a couple years ago with um, broken bells even though that show was great too and bt dubs on the folk oh, fest yeah. front so next week we have something special we're planning we're plotting we're plotting scheming. we're planning uh, we're going to be doing a pod, not in Jen's basement for the first time. We're going to actually do one on site at Folk Fest. So we won't be posting anything on Friday, but we are going to try to post the one that we record at Folk Fest on Saturday right away. And we will have some special guests as well joining us right. on next week's pod. We don't know who they are yet. <laughs> we know who one is, but we don't know who who the uh, the co-host will be. So hopefully somebody interesting and as always you can find everything that we're working on at winnipegfreepress.com and you can follow us on social media i am at jen's ratty on twitter and instagram and i am at naya rabble which is just my name backwards and we will see you from the winnipeg folk festival next week <laughs>